What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. podcast. I am your host, Kristen. I have been so excited to get back to these conversation episodes. I've been hankering for the stories and the new ideas, and uh, I've got a great one here to start out the new season, complete with both prepared for you guys. Before we get to our guest, a quick word from our sponsors. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. I think that is a pretty good resolution, you guys. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PNG for 20% off plus free shipping. I bet some of you have resolved to start going to the gym. Yes? Well, if that is the case, I have some Manscaped goodies here that I think would make perfect additions to your post-workout routine. First up, we have the Manscaped deodorant. <laughs> now, Lee has been using this for about a week now, and Lee's main gripes with a lot of the regular deodorants is that they're either way too smelly or they have a bunch of crap in them, you know, like chemicals and stuff. So I just asked him how he was feeling about the deodorant, and he said he really likes the smell. Uh, it reminds him a lot of the body wash, which I know he really, really likes, but he likes the smell because it's it's a subtler scent, um, but it's still there. You know, it's still explicit. And I, I can attest he smells very, very nice. Um, he also likes that it is aluminum and paraben free. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I get that. Like, you've got to be really careful about what you are putting on your skin because it's so absorbent. So I am glad to recommend something he genuinely likes and fit the bill for him. I would also like to recommend the Crop Mop Ball Butt and Body Wipes. <laughs> so, look, these are they smell very, very nice. Um, they don't leave me sticky after I use them, and they're convenient. You know, wipes are convenient. Uh, I just throw a couple of these in my gym bag, and I like to keep them on hand because, you know what, you never know when you're going to need a wipe. So... If you would like to try either of these or both for yourself, get 20% off plus free shipping by using code PNG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with discount code PNG. Time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. My guest is an activist with his degree in religion and philosophy. He is also a filmmaker, podcaster, and YouTuber, and he is also an old buddy of mine. We used to have long conversations about philosophy and religion and the paranormal into the wee hours of the night back when I used to live in Hollywood, so I was very glad to finally get him on the show so he could come on and share some of his stories and share his knowledge and talk about some personal experiences that he has had with the supernatural. So... Please enjoy my conversation with my friend, Charles Chaw. Um, I, went to, I went to Berkeley. I studied linguistics and philosophy there. Then later on, I went to grad school in Eastern religion and philosophy and social culture anthropology. So, you know, I'm, I am coming from a rigorous academic background. But a big part of why in grad school, so in between college and grad school, the reason why um, I went into Eastern religion and philosophy is I, I started realizing that our current modern system. So when I met, when I refer to our current modern system, it's America, right? But the, the way in which we think of things, scientific, um, industrial, um, yeah. 
you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, authoritative sources, right? Mm-hmm. I realized that the biggest questions in life are either unanswered or categorically refused to even investigate. You know, right. these are questions that you're not even allowed to ask, right? Right. So as an undergraduate at Berkeley in philosophy, the one thing you're never allowed to ask in a philosophy major is, how do I live my life? You know, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's the meaning of life? What am I, what are we here for? You know, the fundamental questions that every human genuinely, like deeply cares about and is the most important thing uh, are off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you will be laughed at for even contemplating it, right? So in other words, the modern world has said all the answers that we have to put forward will never touch the things that you genuinely care about the most. So that's why it's so irrelevant to us and why you see this upsurge of a religious lunacy and you see this lunatic fringe skyrocketing because they realize correctly that the modern system has failed them in answering life's deepest mysteries you know why am i here where you know you know what is what is life about you know and so um that was my quest that's why i studied in in grad school i went into eastern religion philosophy because i wanted to understand the mysterious world more you know uh what was it like to heal your body you know um that was that was my main concern at that time that um you know my body was hurting me i was a young man you know but my body was hurting me and Western medicine wanted to fill me full of drugs. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to let you turn me into a dope fiend. You know, yeah. uh, uh, let me find out how people used to heal themselves naturally. And I, and I did. I discovered that way. And that's when I realized, oh, there's a whole world out there that the Western world has ignored um, that, it, you know, that the way the way humans used to do things. And so I realized that there was a huge chunk missing from my from from my knowledge, you know, and from the world that was uh, proposed to me. And it was at that same time that I was healing my body that I lived in an extremely haunted house and worked at an extremely haunted hotel. So this... <laughs> it <laughs> so all came is, together. <laughs> no, it, re- it always does. It, it, yeah, it really always yeah. does, you know? Yep. And, and, that, and that's the thing. So as I was on this journey of health, um, you know, discovering uh, modalities of healing that were told by Western doctors, oh, that, by the way, that's a myth. What do you call that? Placebo. That's just placebo. Um, now here's the thing, placebo in Greek has two different meanings, either of unknown or multiple sources. So in the Western mind, we only take, oh, the unknown or unknown or false sources or of multiple sources. So in fact, what Western medicine, again, has failed us in, right? Uh, Not that it's, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you break your arm, you go to Western medicine. But if you've got a chronic condition that Western medicine says, we don't know how to do that, we could just mute and dull some of the symptoms you're feeling, but you know, we can't get to the root cause. That's where you want to check out the alternative medicines, you know, et cetera, you know, where people have been treating these things for generations, uh, for centuries, millennia. So um, that's where, um, you know, I started realizing we've been sold the bill of goods and it's really at best just half the picture. Right. Mm -hmm, And then, mm -hmm. of course, during that time, I'm having all these hauntings thinking it's really, really failed us. You know, now, not just on a personal level, but like the world around us is way more mysterious than they're going to they're going to sit here and acknowledge, you know, because, you know, if you want to be just drummed out of relevancy, currency and and respectability, go ahead and mention that you live in a haunted house and work at a haunted hotel. Okay, go ahead and try it. People mm-hmm. will be like, uh, yeah, let me distance myself from you. Yeah. It's a fundamental way of saying I'm kooky, weird, ridiculous, insane, tinfoil hat, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and what a tremendous betrayal. That's what uh, activists. So, you know, my activist background, that's what, you know, in philosophy we call discipline. So if you want to become a journalist on a high level, you have to have what's called discipline. That means you don't ask that question. And anyone that does, you laugh at them. Right. Right. They know not to ever even touch that. Yep. Obviously, there there is something going and on. That's what. That's we where we're friends. Crazy. Right. <laughs> that's where we come in. We're we're unfortunately in the fringe, even yeah. though we're yeah. the mainstream. So. 
Yeah, yeah. More people than not have have come across these encounters, have experienced something, you know, they, they have, you know, special like healing ability that, you know, all of this whole world, like more people right. than not do. And it's so strange how ostracizing it can still be if you just say, hey, yeah, I lived in a haunted house. Like mm -hmm. even even, you know, I still question that whenever I tell somebody, even my, my paranormal podcast friends, when I tell them a story that happened to me that maybe I haven't told on the show, I'm always like, does that sound do, do I sound you know, like crazy? Does that sound crazy? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? No, like, it's so strange. Like as far into this field as you get, as far into this world as you get, there's always that, you're aware of that, yeah, stig I, that stigma, you know? Yeah, I, th I think that, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. That stigma, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. how the system, you know, that's how the system, sure. you know, uh, presses that. Now, on the other hand, that skepticism is extremely healthy mm -hmm. uh, because I, I don't remember who said it, but extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, and Carl that's Sagan? fair. I'll take it. Carl Sagan. You're right. It is. Yeah. So I can't believe I knew that. And I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you win. <laughs> all right. All right. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us, start telling us some stories from that haunted okay, house, so, some of those earlier experiences. Right. So how did I discover that I lived in a haunted house? So, you know, um, I, I, I can tell you that I, I, I'll tell you the end of the story. Our ghost was left-handed. Okay. And, and now how did I know that? <laughs> OK, so just to just to kind of tell you where I lived, you need to know where I live. I was in San Jose at the time or Santa Clara, rather. And there's a road there called Winchester Avenue. Does that name sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Winchester Rifles, Winchester Mystery House. Mm -hmm. Yes, I live down the street from the Winchester Mystery House. Wow. So just for those of you who don't know the story, Mrs. Winchester, you know, inherited her fortune from her husband who invented the Winchester uh, a repeating rifle, which caused a tremendous amount of death, especially out here on the West, you know, the Indian Wars, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and so uh, she, she was told by her mediums that uh, that the spirits that were haunting her would be best confused if she felt built constantly. So she had two or three different construction crews constantly building and adding onto her house. So, you know, staircases would go up into walls and ceiling. I mean, it was all willy nilly, but that's what they needed to do. So the Worcester, which I, you, know, and you can look that up. They, that place is haunted like crazy. Um, the one story that I remember the best from that is uh, they interviewed this uh, uh, one of the maintenance guys that works there. Right. And, you know, he's a working class guy. He's not one of these new age froofy types or whatever. Right. He's not one of those. But he tells a very basic story. He's like, yeah, there's this because of how they built the house all willy nilly. There's this just one light bulb that has it's not near any wall. So he has to have this ludicrously huge. What do you call those a type ladders? You know, in other words, he can't he can't take a step like when you have a super high ladder that you need, you usually uh -huh. lean it against the wall like firemen do. Mm -hmm. But in this case, he has to have one of those a ladders, right? Yeah, because yeah. they built it so crazily that in order to reach that one light bulb, you have to have, he has that this ludicrously tall, right? So he climbs all the way up to the top, replaces the, uh, the light bulb, right? Mm -hmm. And then he looks down, he sees two kids and he's in a restricted area. Uh -huh. So he's like, you kids, you can't be here. Climbs back down the ladder, looks around, no kids. Looks up, light bulb's gone. <gasps> oh, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So he has, oh, okay. So he has to climb back up and put it, put another one in. Oh, wow. So, you know, this kind of thing. So that's a good lead in. We're going to start getting into some of my theories on what 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 hauntings are. At I, any rate, I the ones that good, I've experienced. No, and I heard love of. a good theory. Right. Do it, please. I feel like. I'll, I'll, so I'm, I'm doing everything backwards. I'm, all, I'm, I'm starting at the end. So the, my theory is, I think that when you're a ghost, the, the, the primary difference between the living and the non-living is when you're not living anymore, the one thing you cannot have anymore is experience or experiencing life, experience. You don't, you don't get to touch, feel, you don't get any of that anymore. My theory is the only experience as a, a non-living spirit is that you get to surprise the living when you get to get them to notice you you get a slight thrill of ha ha made you look that's that's the only experience you can have anymore mm -hmm. does that make sense they don't yeah. have all those other things that one can experience mm -hmm. they can only experience through proxy and the only experience they can have through that is when they notice they get you to notice them 
that I developed that theory because I because I have to I had to start asking myself, why am I getting so many hauntings? Because uh, I'm, you'll see during this period, it just it was really out of hand. And I think a big part of that was my tremendous naivete. I just refused to believe it was an actual haunting. Oh, interesting. OK, OK. So they got to get that thrill over and over i played into it every time okay? okay so um i'll tell you one of the first things where i started thinking is this a haunting so now we're back at the beginning of the story is um and i found out later this is a common type of haunting where so this is the microphone right so Kristen, right you know that i whispered it even though it was loud correct mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah because it was close yeah so here i am sitting in my Winchester house. Oh, by the way, uh, where I lived is an old Portuguese neighborhood. So our landlord, it was the house he grew up in. It was an old ranch style house back when the Portuguese just had or orchards and, and, and vineyards. And then the Lima family, another Portuguese family, they turned all of their properties into funeral uh, home, uh, cemeteries, rather. So one half of all of Winchester Boulevard is nothing but cemeteries. So oh there you go. Uh, the perfect recipe, okay? <laughs> Not only that, uh, in so because our house was so old from back then, what got preserved in his backyard were three huge redwood trees that you could see from anywhere in the neighborhood. Like, you were miles away, you're like, there's my house, because you can see these huge redwoods. One of the theories of ghosts and spirits is that they live in, on, or at trees, mm -hmm. right? So, like, if you look at... Um, Akira Kurosawa's um, one of his last films called Dreams, I believe. Um, you'll see like uh, there's this cherry orchard and all of the trees turn into spirits because that's, a, you know, you look at in Korean um, traditional culture, um, uh, uh, every village had its own village god and he always lived at the oldest tree in the village. The reason why that happens is because from generation to generation, it's easy to point to, yeah, that tree's been here for generations. Mm -hmm. So it's the that's why we worship trees and rocks and stuff, because it was the one thing that persisted through time from generation to generation. Right, right, right. right. So at, at any rate, that's what it came to be. So again, that was that's my theory. I'm, again, I'm going back and forth through time, right? So we have these huge redwood trees. Uh, the, the house itself is made of redwood. So the whole ranch house is nothing but redwood uh, planks, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that was one of the first things I noticed where you'd hear your name whispered in your ear. I looked, you know, I turned around. There's there's obviously it's just me and my roommate, right? So I'm like, yeah, hey, did you did you call me? And then I walk up again. This is how naive I play it every single time because I heard it whispered. Why would I have to bother, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and I but I always have to verify, see, because in the back of my head, I always think, I wonder if it's no, 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 couldn't be <laughs> right. So that's why I play it through. And you'll see in my stories, I always play it through. Uh -huh. So um, so I get up and I'm like, yeah, did you call me? And I see he's literally at the other end of the house. Yeah. Like, bro, did you just call my name? He's like, no, bro. What are you talking about? I'm like, OK, that was strange. Let's not think about it. So again. <laughs> and so I think because I was in that denial, it, it just kept happening again and again. And again. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Second thing that I started noticing is you'd lose something like a nail clipper, a key, um, et cetera, little tiny things that you would notice is gone very quickly. Mm -hmm. And they kept ending up in the left-hand pocket of oh, clothes. Oh, oh. Okay. okay, okay. The most telling thing was, at the time, I had this hand-carved amulet uh, from that I got at a Korean Buddhist temple with a special kind of writing on it, right? I even showed it to my grad school teacher later on, and... Um, he said, oh, this is a special kind of writing, mm -hmm. um, especially and, and it's like ward off hundreds of spirits, ghosts, etc. Right. This thing always disappeared first. When I really started to notice it is once again, it disappeared. Right. And I remember thinking one night, I don't know why I thought this. I'm like, oh, my God, I should check. So Drew's my roommate. Right. I was like, I should check Drew's pocket before he does the laundry. I don't know why I thought that. I, again, I think it's because I already started noticing things turned up in the left-hand pocket, right? Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the next morning, I forgot. And then, sure enough, a couple of days later, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I left your little amulet um, uh, on the on the uh, washing machine. He's like, I accidentally washed it with my shorts. And I was like, so 
when he gets home, he always puts on this pair of shorts that he wears, like his house shorts, right? It ended up in those. That is, oh my god! Why would my amulet what, right. end up his, his shorts? Right. Of course, it's impossible. Yes, it's impossible. It, neither that's, that's he right. nor I would ever put it there. Right. Okay, the story keeps going. So let's fast forward to the end of my stay there, right? Now we're all packing up. We're getting ready to... No, no, no. It's not that quite that far, but it's just before we're moving out. Uh, by then, we had brought in another roommate. He was in the front room, right? And he was a chain smoker, right? And uh, he let me, uh, he, uh, he had his, his lighter and he uh, put it down on the coffee table. And he had a cat that played with bottle cap. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he was going to go, uh, he needed his lighter to go smoke a cigarette. He's like, where's my lighter? I was like, yeah, it's right there on the coffee table. He's like, no, it's not there. He's like, oh, your cat must have knocked it over, played with it. He tears apart his room. Um, he's like, man, it's my only lighter. Fuck. Uh. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know what? And then I thought this is by this point, it was a pretty solid idea that things show up in in pants pockets. Mm -hmm. And he was in his sweatpants because it was a weekend. And I was like, you might want to check your, your jean pockets. Right. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, he's like, when I got home from work Friday, because it was Saturday, you know, afternoon, he's like, I got home from work. I took off my jeans. I put them up there on that couch where they still are. He's like, I've been in my sweat since. There's no way it could be there because I, you know, he had just used it a couple of minutes earlier. So he tears apart his room again. Finally, I yell at him like, check your fucking short, uh, jeans, right? He's like, I'm telling you, they can't possibly be. And he pulls the lighter out of his jeans. So somehow that lighter, that single lighter that was on the coffee table without us noticing, floated across the room, you know, like those cheesy 50s movies where they put stuff on a, <laughs> on a fishing wire, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of those. I mean, w without us knowing, it, it danced on a fishing line and ended up in his left-hand pocket. It apported. That's, that's, yeah. that's the magic word we use and, in, in the Oh, field. is that right? Okay. Yeah. And so, and that's when we, we were just like, oh my God, I was like, that's when we had never discussed this openly. I was like, bro, has this been happening to you? He's like, yeah. So then that's oh. when all our stories mm -hmm. started coming out mm -hmm. where it was like, yeah, this happened, that happened, all the weirdness that had been happening in the house. Final story of how I was certain this motherfucking ghost was left-handed. <laughs> and, and now you, you, you actually gave me a big piece of the puzzle because I never could understand how this final one happened about porting. Okay. okay? okay. Because it isn't the dancing fishing line. Mm -hmm. It's porting. And uh, this porting, is how, yeah. mm -hmm. so you gave me a brand new, I've told the story a million times and now I know how to tell it because I didn't know <laughs> how this happened before. I just said, I don't know. You tell me how it happened. Okay. But now I know it ported. Okay. And now by this point, now we're moving out. Okay. And it had been like a year since I'd seen that ad. I mean, this time it was gone, gone, gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now I'm moving out, moving out, moving out. And I, it's all packed in the U-Haul now, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. There was one. So when I first moved in, I grabbed a pair of cargo pants, right? And I put them in a cabinet and then shut the cabinet. And then when I moved the rest of the stuff in, I put a couple of the extra, un, like the, the last couple boxes I didn't finish unpacking. I put them in the corner, blocking that cabinet, that cupboard door, that cabinet door. So the entire time I lived there, I and then, of course, me being me, I never unpacked those. So they literally sat in that corner until they was ready to just pack them back into the moving truck. I'm sure people uh, are familiar with that kind of thing. So but at any rate, I never opened that cupboard the entire time I lived there because I put the pants in, closed it, put the boxes there, never unpacked those boxes. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I packed those boxes. I was like, oh, wait, I actually put a pair of pants. And I remember I opened it up. I grabbed the pants. I was like, oh, it's funny. I never wore these pants. Reach in the left-hand pocket, and that's where the fucking ambulance No, is. no, no. See, like, how how, how do you explain that? How it do people... <laughs> I never okay. knew how it got there. So... Because the boxes weren't moved. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, because Unless... you know, when the dust settles, right? Yeah, yeah. It marks where the, where the boxes are. The boxes never moved. That door never opened. Yeah. For a ghostly figure to place it there. It yeah. ported. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, because because no I was thinking movement. like, yeah, because I was thinking like, okay, how how would how would somebody very skeptical of this? Right. Uh, and it has to be logical. How There's would no they? There's no explanation. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. human like like in other words, if someone was playing a joke, let's say, you know, like a skeptic. Oh, it's probably your roommate playing a prank. Right. Right. Exactly. There's no. There's no fingerprints. There's no. You know, what are you going to put the? You know what I'm talking about? Dust. The way it collects. You know, mm -hmm. it's fragile. You know, mm -hmm. if something's been moved. Right. Like that scene from uh, that that movie uh, where 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 uh, she kidnaps the guy, the writer in her house. The oh, mi misery. 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 Yeah. Remember when she notices the, the penguin flipped around. Right. Uh, it's been a long time since right. I've well, seen anyway, it. Anyway, yeah. you know, just the tiniest little detail. You can't uh, a penguin doesn't turn itself around through, yeah. wind, through wind. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to have moved it. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you look at a, a box right on the floor. And the crust of dust that develops right along that crease, you can't move it and then bring that crust back. Yeah, it's yeah. this fragile little piling of dust particles. Do you see what I mean? There. In mm -hmm. other words, no, there's no explanation. Yeah, when not not to mention box, that yeah. that that would be horrible of of a roommate to play that long game prank right, on you. Right, like, awful. And exactly, and a long game prank has no payoff if they don't take credit for it at some point. So that's the other problem. Yep. At some point, they're like, hey, did you find it? <laughs> right. So yeah. you just answered a, a key question. I never understood. So this porting has a second has a second part. OK, OK. If you want. I don't know. I mean, and I, I don't want to I don't want to misinform you. It's up a, a porting a port. <laughs> yes yes it's it's like, you know it's just the concept of like i, I guess i'm not sure exactly like, like how it happens but yeah 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 but it's where uh -huh. an object can be one place and then for whatever reason suddenly be another place suddenly be in another uh, place just, okay well i'm yeah. glad i learned that because but i'm, I have I'm a glad yeah i'm glad you can i have pick a second instance of opporting okay okay i mean do you want to hear it now yes i do okay so now i told you i work at a at a notoriously haunted hotel mm -hmm. okay so in downtown San Jose, there is a hotel called the St. Clair Hotel. It's been there since the 20s or 30s. It's a historical landmark and all that, right? Um, I can tell you a lot of stories about that, too, but I'll start with mine. Well, let me start with the last story. So I, I, I worked the graveyard, and um, I, so what I do is I run the audit means, you know, I do accounting work, right? So I do, uh, I print all the reports from the eight different departments, you know, housekeeping, front desk, you know, restaurant, food, this, that, and the other, right? So there's eight different departments that make money. So I do print reports one through eight. I always print them as one thing. I don't print, I don't do them separately, right? I just say one through eight and it prints all eight. Mm -hmm. And I take them and I, you know, put them in eight things across the front desk, right? Okay, so one of the famous ghosts there I didn't know about is there's a guy in a top hat that shows up in the lobby and I used to see him all the time. Remember I told you about my naivete? Mm -hmm. I'd see him and I'd be like, yes, can I help you, sir? And, you know, no one's there. I'd walk out, sir, can I help you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> fell for it every time. So, you know, I look up, uh, oh, can I help you, sir? And, you know, and did, did you know about it at that time when no, you were seeing not, him? Not, okay. I, I'll tell you, it's my last day of work. I found out oh oh okay I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the rest of that story so that, i said that's why i'm gonna start at the end first and circle okay. back to the beginning so that i look can i help you i look down report four the one right in front of me is missing report four i printed one through eight so again in the back of my mind i'm thinking is this a ghost no it can't be so i'm like there has to be an explanation maybe it floated off i don't know so i, <laughs> I walked through the entire lobby i checked all the trash cans I even walk to the back office. I even go upstairs and check the store, uh, the uh, file cabinets up there because mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure. Again, I think I wouldn't have done that because there's no natural way. But I think in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe it it apported, right? Mm -hmm. And it did. I'll tell you how we found out later. So um, and here's the really awkward thing. This is the trick. Because I dug through the trash, and the trash gets taken out just before my shift. So the only stuff that was in there is just stuff since the trash was taken out. There's this, there was this really cute Latina that worked there, right? <laughs> and she had handwritten on our stationery this letter that she tore up, a couple different drafts of it, about how her baby daddy had given her the clap. 
I was like, I didn't need to know all this. And just like, oh, I was just like was sitting just... there for everybody to. Well, <laughs> but you see what, but you see yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. my theory is he wanted me to see her letter. Okay. Right. Okay. So there was this very embarrassing letter that she, she wrote several drafts of, tore up and threw in the trash. And that was the only thing in the trash. I feel like he lured me. He's like, I'm going to get this guy to read this damn letter. This letter is hilarious. Because right? it's just really embarrassing. <laughs> right? I mean, imagine. She would mm-hmm. not want anyone. And, and I never told her, obviously. Fast forward to my last day of work. I go into the back office and I look down. And you know how um, when we were kids, we used to take a, a, a piece of paper and, and fold it back to front back to front, back to front, and we form like a little fan out of it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Guess where report four from months earlier, it's folded back to front, like perfectly, like it, like perfectly. It was just sitting there on the table and I'm just staring at it. And I'm pulling it apart and it's done so tightly that I'm like pulling it apart, right? And I know right away when it is. And I'm like, what the hell is this to my manager? He's like, oh, hey, I think, isn't that yours? I'm like, yeah, I damn well know it is mine. Where the hell did you get this, right? Because I, I know exactly what it is. And everyone knows it's haunted, right? So when we go there, I'll, I'll get back. I'm, again, I'm going backwards. I'll, I'll tell you. When, when you first get there, all the workers tell you, oh, yeah, by the way, the hotel's haunted, you know. So I pull this apart, and I'm like, but where did you get it? He's like, oh, okay, so we have this safe in the back where all of our manu- master keys are, right? Uh-huh. And um, I always have to take the master keys because at nighttime, I'm the only um, employee there. So I get the manager's keys and it's always in that safe. Now, that safe is on legs, on metal legs. And, you know, the key to safes is you always have to bolt them into the uh, foundation. Otherwise, they could just take the whole safe. Mm-hmm. Now, this whole time for years and years and years and years, it had never been bolted in. So the manager's like, oh, you know how we had never bolted that in? He's like, we finally brought in workers to bolt that in. But before they started, they pulled it up off the wall. And that report was in between the wall and the metal leg. Like no. in between. That's why it was folded so perfectly back to front. So you no, know, but nobody would have ever seen it just walking by. No it's just perfectly would. like standing behind a tree. Perfectly hidden. Yeah, so they what they pulled, in the world? They pulled the safe out and it fell out. How? So it uh ported. Well, yeah, but like my even... report, <laughs> your with report, the date on it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and why I didn't keep it is beyond me because I should have sent that to a museum. Oh, by the way, I never found it, so I ended I ended up going back into the computer and yeah. doing something that I never do, which is just print. Mm-hmm, number right, four. right. So I just, I, and then I finished my work that night, you know. But there was the original report. So if you go back into the system, you'll see there are two report for uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, department four uh, printed out. I wonder why the excessively, like, overly, uh, the the overexerted because... energy to get your attention or something. Right. And that's exactly why. Mm-hmm. Because me telling you this story now makes it impossible otherwise. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Why is it so elaborate? Because anything else can be explained. True. Report four, which is the one that's directly in front of me, not one or eight, which could have fallen out. Any of them could have fallen off the desk. Only report four couldn't have because it was directly in front of my belly. Man, yeah. And then it was it was in a place where no one could. I mean, this thing is so heavy. No one could have pulled it out, put it there, pushed it back. And then for it to be the last day for it to happen, too. Again, it's just. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Very like, like the timing. There, there is the a timing. A, it's unbelievable. A certain amount of like s- synchronistic, yeah, synchronicity absolutely. to your experiences and to all of this, where it's just kind of like this crazy thing happened, this impossible thing happened. The timing was perfect, but it happened in in this way, and mm-hmm. in that it is undeniable. Yes, that's that, the specificity. See, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you don't like. This isn't a made up story. That's mm-hmm. how you know. Mm-hmm. Because a made-up story, you can always tell lies because it lacks specificity. A, a good example of that is a Quentin Tarantino script of uh, Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. where he's coming up with that lie, He's and the guy's coaching him. He's like, you got to know what kind of soap they had. You got to know whether they had towels or, or air dryers. You got to know, like, you know, you got to know all these specificities because that's how true stories look. 
Mm-hmm. They have, you know, Inception, that movie, um, where he figures out it's a dream because uh, he had the wrong kind of shag carpet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what real stories look like. So, again, that you're asking, why would it be such an elaborate setup? Because that's shit. You can't make that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Charles. Ah, <laughs> uh, porting. So you filled a major hole in my life. Well, it, it was still doing it, no matter whether it had a, a right. name or not. Well, no, I, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I got the report, and I went down to the basement, and I because I wanted to show our general manager. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, you won't believe what happened, and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, that's nothing. He's like, talk to uh, you know, Maria. She's been here forever. Now this hotel. It was built as a hotel way back in the day. Then it got, you know, then it went out of business and it became an insane asylum. <laughs> like one of those, one of those old school bad kinds. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when that became out of fashion and they sh- shuttered that, then later on it became a retirement home where, you know, a lot of people died. Mm-hmm. And then finally it became, a, you know, and then it sat empty for like 12 years and then it became a hotel again. Then when the hotel came back, one of their first general managers died in the conference rooms. So when we first come into work, one of the first things they'll tell you is, oh, yeah, by the way, this is haunted. This place is haunted. And they go through the floors. They're like, for example, on the second floor in the conference rooms, uh, some people have seen our manager because he went back there, um, didn't feel good, unloosened his tie, uh, sat down in the chair and died of a heart attack. So he Ooh. died in one of those conference rooms. So people have seen him there. And they're like, on the fourth floor, there's a couple of kids. Sure enough. Every once in a while, we'll have people come down. You know, there's a couple of unsupervised children playing on the fourth floor. I'm like, I, I should have told them, like, there's no children. <laughs> you, you just saw our ghosts. Because the fourth floor was being renovated at that time. There was nobody on the fourth floor. No guests, nobody. Yeah. Well, real quick, who uh-huh. did you ever think about or, or ponder who the man in the top hat was? Okay, so that's how I found out. So then I went down to my general manager and he's like, oh, you got to talk to Maria. She's been here. So Maria has been living, has been working there since they had shuttered it and before it became an old folks home and then a hotel again, et cetera. So she had been working there for like 20 some years, right? Mm-hmm. And she always takes a different job at that site, right? So when it was shuttered, she became the security guard uh, manager and she has all these stories. So she's like going through all the floors of where of she's like, oh, there's two, you know, there's two kids on the fourth floor. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's like, oh, you know, and one of our old managers, he's on the, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. And she's like, and then on the ground floor, there's this old guy, you know, there's one of those twenties flappers with the tuxedo tails and a top hat. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I've seen him so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's how I figured out now who is he? Who knows, you know, but it's all the stereotypes because thinking back on it now, um, no legs, mm-hmm. no face. But I did see a big grin, you know, uh, wearing Ooh. like uh, white gloves, um, you know, one of those old school canes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and, and it was bizarre. Like I and, and, the, and the thing is, I'd always um, um, see him through the glass. Uh, so there was this glass display, display case and in, in it were like these ancient um, artifacts. The, the owner is this Persian guy. He's Iranian. So he had like these ancient artifacts in there, like from Babylon and shit like that. And I'd always see him through these these glass panes, you know, like, yeah, excuse me. Can I help you, sir? I mean, I saw him so many times. And 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 in the back of my mind, I knew something was up because yeah. where the fuck did he go? Just suddenly disappeared. And I clearly saw him to the degree that like I even because it got so bad, I started just walking out. And, and looking just to make sure there was no one there. Again, mm-hmm. why would I do that if in the back of my mind, I knew I, I knew something was up. There, there, right. Something, right. Something doesn't smell right. Right, right. <laughs> and that's that's how I was able to verify like, oh, you sure you just didn't see a, this and that or a shadow? She was able to verify that. Oh, there's the famous ghost. Yeah, he's he looks like this. Right. Well, and hey, what were you going to ask? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's already gone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was uh, what was the thought? Oh, well, you, you made me think of like like when people say they see uh, shadow people, you know, but just out uh-huh. of the corners of their eyes. Right. And right. and they go to look and and that concept in and of itself to me was kind of validating that 
there was something there, like the way that our eyes are wired with the cones right. and the rods, the motion sensing mm -hmm. versus the, you know, the detail sensing yes. and all of that. That's mm -hmm. where they're located on the side of the eyes. So like when you see, you see movement in that periphery, like it's strong, like yeah. I can see my hand moving right now, right? Right, 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 face. right. So to turn because you saw movement, yeah. uh, you know, like kind of, I don't know, that, that just made, reminded me of that. Concept. Yeah, just, just, just to remind you, so for the sake of your listeners, um, the reason why we talk about the five senses is mm -hmm. purely only because of the Greeks, because the Greeks, you know, everything had to be five, right? So sight, smell, taste, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. But as you pointed out, in fact, there, we have dozens of senses, for example, sense of balance, the sense that you're being touched. And then you just talked about this certain kind of sight. Sight is not singular, right? Like you said, there's different kinds of sight like you know the way our eye works so locating things right that that's evolutionary you need to be able to notice if something in your peripheral vision is a right threat, you know, yeah. Et yeah so yeah exactly that it, it is designed for that kind of sight right and now in terms of shadow people as well uh, a lot of shadow people is associated with um, sleep paralysis mm -hmm. which i also have suffered from since i was a kid so i could tell you stories about sleep paralysis as well too so yeah, I'm blessed or cursed, however you want to think about it. <laughs> well, you certainly, uh, yeah. you know, they've got your number, Charles. I, I got, I do got to say, and I know because, like, we, you know, when we used to talk, you told me a bunch of other paranormal stories, and, and these are two brand new, you know, yeah. stories to me. Um, and I, I'm trying to decide: do I want to go shadow person, or you said you had some psychic experiences? Maybe just one more, one more personal story of that nature, and then there is something specific I want to talk to you about before okay. we go. Um, well, I mean, I can relate. Um, okay, so I'll just finish off that story. So sure, basically, sure. what she was able to explain to me, um, the, the Maria, is how dramatic it is that 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 20s scenery. Mm -hmm. So now, um, what she explains is that um, our lounge, okay, um, it's called the Palms Lounge, you can go there. Uh, right now, there's only a tiny little bar in the corner. But she was explaining to me that bar used to extend the whole length of the lounge back pre-prohibition. When it was abandoned, one night, her um, guard, her security guard, calls her up and he says, listen. He's like screaming. He holds the phone. You could hear beer glasses clinking, people talking, people pounding on the bar. That bar is no longer there. It's only a little segment. So that activity, that psychic karmic yeah, activity. Yeah. Yeah, it just is still lingering and sort of flared up, if you will. So, you know, this happened and, and, and she, she could hear it over the phone, like all this activity. And of course, like she's like, I was like, what happened to that guy? She's like, he never came to work again. It was a wreck. She's like, like, I had to go. Me she's, like, I, she's like, I had to go. I had to get out of bed and go to work. And I had to do the rest of the shift. You know, he, he disappeared. Oh, no. he never, and you he know, what's funny back. is like, so he's part of that psychic energy. I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, that what that sounds funny. like to me is like a residual type thing. Not that right. there was multiple intelligent life, you know, uh, uh, ghosts there. Like it sounded residual. It was like an imprint from history. And that's what was going on. So it shouldn't have scared him away. Like, like, a, like, like, a, like a battlegrounds you yeah, know like yeah. like like where like guards show up on duty you can clearly see in some of these videos these old you know these old soldiers that are that are just doing their regular century work they're still just going through that psychic energy or or or, or these famous castles of ghosts in nightgowns you know walking through the walls and stuff. yeah yeah but you know what i mean the average person doesn't know enough about this world or even the distinction between intelligent versus residual and that there's nothing to fear well with either so so they, oh, okay. it all it all well, that scares is them. that true i used to think that was true too mm, but mm -hmm. I, I don't i don't know if that's true i think there are um virulent what do you call it? that's that word pernicious or uh, yeah, they're malicious. There are malicious uh, intelligent spirits too, aren't there? That do naughty things. No, I mean, when when they push I have you down my the theories stairs. and my thoughts, but yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go ahead. No, when they push you downstairs. Uh -huh. So a friend of mine. Okay, so in the same city, there's. Um, I used to go to this house club there. It's just a barbecue restaurant. You can still go there today. Mm -hmm. um, it's a barbecue restaurant, but uh, every um, Friday night they turned it into a house club. Mm -hmm. And I used to go there every Friday, and I had a friend that worked there. And before they opened up, you know, he's coming down the stairs and something shoved him. He nearly, he nearly went uh... all the way. Back. And that place is famously haunted. The reason why I know. Okay. So when you go there, like the front porch area where you walk in is like 
rickety old wood and stuff and and like with like warped uh wood and everything that mm-hmm. it's an old horse stall it's literally a saloon from the cowboy days oh wow like that's how old it is the yeah, floor yeah. is completely slanted at an angle that that thing it's just a, a relic of a building it, it reminds me exactly of um so there's a place called jack london square in oakland where the writer jack london used to go mm. and there's an old saloon there that he used to literally go to same thing the floors are just so horribly slanted because it's the same it's damn the original from, yeah yeah it's the, the arc is, it's way off but it's that's how old it is so yeah i mean it's that residual stuff but you know they could be i don't know anyway go ahead you were gonna <laughs> oh no no i was i was thinking because i do want to ask you specifically about something when when you reached out um i think it was around about the time i was posting something on tiktok and we we were we were talking a little bit about that and i'm very curious because that is what this season is about ufos and aliens and all of that you have had a UFO encounter, a sighting. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um this was in Tustin. So um in Tustin, there's an important helicopter base, or there was, okay. Uh, it's been decommissioned. It has the uh largest doors west of the Mississippi. Okay, so it just has these huge doors and these hangars um where the helicopters used to fly in and out of, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um if you'll notice, uh lots of ufos show up at military bases or decommissioned military i'm bases. gathering just, so far just look, yeah. look through the history mm-hmm. i mean look up the very famous incident of the uh, the nuclear missile one <laughs> you oh, in my, in my, is that malmstrom i, I can't remember I, I can't remember but there's a very well recorded incident of a ufo coming to a, a nuclear uh silo mm-hmm. um shutting it down and uh, they had a big a bit of a panic and the air force has records of it, it it, it all happened. But anyway, so um, it was a military base and um, my friend and I were sitting there talking and uh, it was just at dusk. So it's that hazy gray time when our eyes don't work the best, which um, probably if you're going to be stealth, that would be the best time. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. our eyes are least effective at dusk and dawn. So our eyes are either cones or rods. Right. Mm-hmm. We're either mm-hmm. color or black and white. But that hazy gray area at dusk and dawn is maximizes our visual acute uh our, our, you know that's when the most accidents happen etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. right yep so he and i are talking and no we weren't drinking smoking nothing okay we we're just having this conversation sort of looking over and we notice i don't know how to okay so there's imagine this is a ball it was either metallic or something right and way in the horizon right so you know the the the, the base is over there right and in the horizon we see an, an object go like this like this but faster like about 10 times like this and then boom disappear okay now here's why i want to point this out in our physics in newtonian physics in our Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. okay you cannot do this why Mm -hmm. because of the law of thermodynamics if you accelerate this fast this is what tens of thousands of miles per hour Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of miles per hour where you just go right when you stop if there's something inside there, it's going to get splattered on the wall. Right, right. And or when you go because of inertia, it'll tear that craft apart because the energy is still going this way. You can't just stop. It's the same reason why, you know, if you jump off a moving car, <laughs> right, it's going to destroy you because you're moving at the same when, when you when you're on a car, you're moving at the same rate of the car. So. When you're when it stops, all of the material of the craft is still moving this way. If it stops, all that shit is going to keep going. <laughs> just for uh, you, you just made me think real quick. I got so sucked into watching uh, for my listeners who are not watching this video, oh, yeah. the the motion of this object. And let's just go back real quick. So it was yeah. it was it was an, like an orbish, like a ball. Yeah, it was okay. probably it was like, metallic. Like a, yeah. It, okay. It seemed metallicish. That, that, okay. that you know, but again, it was far away. It was you know over on the horizon. It was you know we're because we're because the area around the base there's there's no buildings there's no nothing right so mm-hmm. it's just clear it's just clear 3D space right. Okay. Okay. And, and except for these gigantic warehouses with these gigantic doors and this little object from a moment from a place of complete rest and stop will accelerate really quickly to a single point 
and stop on a dime. Reverse direction exactly 180 degrees. Go back exactly the same speed backwards to this point it started at. Stop on a dime. Reverse direction again. And, and it did that multiple times, about a dozen times. And it stayed in that same grid uh, in 3D space. So it's not like it moved forward or backward. It wasn't like mm -hmm. literally gridding. But it, it was, was just back gritting. and forth, back and forth. It was just back and forth. Okay. And then finally, on that, on which after it stopped on a dime, it took off at an angle, like let's say like a forty-five degree angle, and then disappeared into space. Oh. It disappeared into it just, <sighs> and, it, and, it, and it accelerated. I mean, it was gone within a couple of seconds. It just and yeah. it was gone. Space. Yeah. Like yeah. Here, okay, so you understand that when you go into space, all you're doing is is going far enough that the that the gravity of Earth doesn't pull you back anymore. Right. And this thing just it just moved. It just shot like a like a bullet. If you can imagine a bullet mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a single line or more like a laser, you know. Now, why is this important? And why do I say this is a warp drive? The only theory as to how that can happen is so. OK, so let's pretend this is the orb. So I'm holding up a little ball looking thing and here I'm holding up a napkin. OK, so this napkin is space time. OK. Mm -hmm. Space time is a is a um is like a fabric. Now I'm I'm holding up the the, the napkin like a yeah fabric. yeah yeah verbalize oh, walk shit. us through it yeah so I'm holding up this napkin now and the weight of this orb which I can't keep on here <laughs> but the weight of this orb you see how it's sinking yeah it's sink yeah so it's sinking through the napkin it, it sinks through the napkin mm -hmm. there there you can see it it sinks into the napkin it yeah. forms a little depression yeah and, okay so gravity affects space time. OK, so when an object comes into orbit, it, it does this around the Earth, right? Like it gets sling, slingshot. Like, or, yeah, right. Well, it gets because grabbed. Right? It look. Yeah, it, it looks like a slingshot. Yeah, yeah. But it's going from point A to point B in a straight line. But because of gravity curving space time. Mm -hmm. Right. So now space time, if it's a fabric. Now, the, the reason why in our. I was saying in our world, you can't stop on a dime because thermo thermodynamics, the key to overcoming things like um, uh, friction, the friction of air, is if you could warp space time around the object itself, then it doesn't matter if you stop on a dime because it's not stopping. It's warping space time around itself. Oh, that, that's the so in other words, now I have this fabric. Let's say I'm that I take that depression that the orb was making, mm -hmm. right? And I, I lost the uh, the orb. So, so, so the orb makes a little depression. Now, let's say I move the depression and it pulls the orb along. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm so the, moving, the orb I'm, is not moving. The, that, the orb that globe is, is not moving. moving. Yeah. Yeah. The napkin was moving, listeners. Okay. The okay. napkin is moving. Yeah. The, yeah. The fabric of space time is moving. Doesn't that, it isn't that, I, I and I that's a fascinating like this this whole thing is fascinating. But now, my, I my... suppose it could be possible if some technology were able to create gravity waves. Right, right. Go ahead. Well, I was I was thinking because I've heard a couple of different theories about okay. how these because they are non uh, what do they call them non reaction propulsion systems. They don't right. have any visible means of propulsion. Correct. They're and doing these correct. crazy erratic any, movements. Right. I did not see any propulsion. That was the thing. And yeah. and I've heard, yeah, that there's there's something like like there's an anti gravity like like that's part right. of the system. That it's magnetic, possibly that it's using the mag, you know, could be. the metal of the earth to move like that because right. how these things are moving is impossible. Just like how you described your experience, right. it is impossible with our current understanding of it physics. It cannot happen. It yeah, can't. It cannot happen. So it's working. But on I saw the, it. Oh. two people saw it absolutely outstanding that, so that, that's a crazy crazy story it's cool the reason why we're so far away from this technology is because we only finally just proved gravity waves exist a few years ago we only took a picture of it a few years ago okay we always knew that we we're, we were there uh einstein's theory of relativity um already predicted it way back when we assumed it was true the problem is Gravity is an extraordinarily weak force. It's incredibly hard to, 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 to detect. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the way they were able to do it, though, finally, is I think they um, I think they use the earth itself uh, that, you know, uh, you know, because so things can actually penetrate the earth itself and have if it has such little mass. Mm -hmm. So if you can check from one side to the other, that's how you can detect very faint things that even the whole earth itself won't affect it. Okay. Right. That's, okay. that's how that's how undetectable these things are. Yeah. Yeah. That even the whole earth. When you check from one side of the earth to the other, you can barely detect something, right? So for example, okay. like a neutrino. So neutrinos are, are going through the earth all the time. They can detect a neutrino from that enters one the earth on one side and detect it as it goes out the earth the other side. And they were able to detect that it changed charge, which that's how they were able to determine that neutrinos do have some mass. We had, we had thought neutrinos had no mass because it's literally going through the whole earth but if it's able to change charge that must mean it has some some minuscule amount of mass okay so that's that's how we're able to do some of these experiments that are so hard to detect so again with the gravity waves it was very hard to do but we finally detected them and since then i believe we've also taken pictures of them i believe um especially with um so we had the hubble uh telescope and now we have the um the new one the um the new one that we sent out there anyway um they're able to take uh pictures way out at the edge of the universe and so we're able to find out a lot more we're finding out a lot more surprising things about the universe you know so yeah um grab you know so gravity waves are very hard to detect but again if you have the technology uh to create them or manipulate them or whatever then you would able to you would be able to play around or manipulate space-time itself would presumably be not not be that hard okay so, again uh gravity so weak it's not like it would spiral out of control so to speak right you would be able to to affect it in just a very nearby area i guess <laughs> who, who the fuck knows but it, it would make you in other words you wouldn't you don't have to affect space time in, in a far away place, just maybe even millimeters away from your craft. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is um, I, I, I will have to have you back at some point, because okay, yeah. first of all, we did not get to shadow people. We did not get to okay. your psychic experiences. But you said before we started recording, I was like. I, I've just had one experience. I don't I don't have anything to say about UFOs. No, you have a ton to say and you know so much. You are a wealth of knowledge, Charles, as usual, of course. Uh, just one more question on the subject yeah. and then and then we really do have sure, to sure, wrap sure, sure. because I want my audience to hear this from you. What did okay. you say about the patent? Oh, well, the, the U.S. Navy, they came out when the, the government released those three videos uh, from the Navy. Uh, from their their jets of the UFOs uh, that they cannot explain. At the same time, uh, they released the fact that uh, there's a there's a quirky scientist. He's 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 known in the in the field, and he has taken out two patents on warp drives. So obviously, he believes that there is some sort of schematic. Because in order to get a patent, you have to um to you know propose some sort of schematic. Now, critics will say, well, sure, the Navy would do that just in case. In other words, if somebody else develops it. They the the military needs to be able to say that's ours. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, oh yeah, the military does that all the time just to make sure that no one else can get their hands on some sort of technology that the U.S. military would be at a disadvantage of. Yeah, that's the counter. Yeah. Okay. That, oh, don't worry, it's not actual. They're not actually working on warp drives. That's just one of those just in case things. Right. 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 Um, interesting. And Inter well, that's just really interesting information. I hadn't heard anywhere and, else. And, so. and here's another little factoid. Mm -hmm. um, um, do you know what a Foo Fighter is? I, I've heard of I haven't gotten into it yet, but I okay. have heard of them. So there's everyone's like, oh, it's the band Foo Fighters, right? <laughs> that is what World War II pilots called UFOs. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were like, yeah, oh, yeah, I saw a Foo Fighter on the way back. It, it followed me for you know, hundreds of miles and it suddenly took off or there was this bright orb. It followed me for a while and then just dipped out of sight and traveled super fast. And that's what they called them. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, so we've been seeing these things forever. 
Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We, we, it, it goes back further in history. I think even just possible occurrences of them go back much further in history than than most people know or are aware of. So, yeah, it's just been fascinating. That's what my next episode is going to be about. So I won't okay. give too much away. But, um, yeah, we are getting here near the end. I, I like to throw some rapid fire questions at my guests, just sure. real brief, as quickly uh, as you can answer. Um, and these are just for fun. And then we will call it good. Uh, first question, which paranormal experience or supernatural encounter have you not had but would like to oh i do not want to have an alien encounter i mean you don't want not, to have one i mean i i think i would be traumatized I, if i <laughs> saw an alien i'd be like fuck this yeah but but, <laughs> but what has like not a different being it has not happened i have not i've seen a ufo as i explained yeah, yeah. but I, I haven't seen an actual alien so again you know, I cannot assume the UFO that I saw was alien because it could be right. U.S. military. Right. Or it right. could be us from the future. So you don't well, know that it, it's, it could be a time time traveling craft as well. Mm -hmm. So we don't know that either. Okay. So Okay. All right. All right. I've not seen an alien, but I don't know that if I want to. I mean, I do, obviously, because <laughs> all of us are curious, but I think I'd also be traumatized for life. Well, you might have just answered an, uh, uh, the third question here. I'll go with the okay. second question. Uh, what yeah. do you what do you think is the reason some people have so many experiences compared to those who don't have any at all, have never had one? Yeah. My theory is uh, what I told you during the ghost, my na naivete, my, my willingness think to, that's it. to give them the reaction of like, oh, my God, you know, and, and they trick me over and over. And, and I think they get a thrill out of it. It's, get it's the last it. bit of fun. That's the mm -hmm. last bit of fun they can have. OK. All right. And here's that third question. <laughs> um, would you rather be abducted and learn the secrets of the universe, have a near death experience and learn the secrets of life after death? or meet the ghost of an ancient ancestor and learn the secrets of all human history. Yeah, I would definitely, um, I've already had a near death, death experience. I can tell you that when I come back, uh, not fun. Uh, but yeah, I sadly, I, I'm gonna contradict myself. I would want to be abducted by aliens and find the secrets the of the universe, you know, yeah. And, yeah, and they, and they, you know, they'd experiment on you. It's horrible, these experiences, when you, when you hear about them, they experiment on you and it fucks you up. You have like post-traumatic stress and stuff, but I, you know, if they, uh, you know, that the encounters of the third kind, you know, that movie, mm -hmm. the, the famous Steven Spielberg mm -hmm. movie, mm -hmm. that's based on a, on, on a, on a tell-all. Uh, it, yeah. Supposed whistleblower. Now, again, if we can believe it, there's a whistleblower who, who said that he was part of a government exchange program and he spent, I think, 14 years on an alien planet. It was only the equivalent of like three years of our time or something like that. Uh, but yeah, he spent a whole amount of time. I would volunteer for that. I I would. I, I'd regret it. <laughs> you know, I'd be scared. But I'd love to know. I, I I would I would be. You know, like like they say, for example, if if you're going to be an astronaut to travel to another planet, you probably have to um, volunteer for the rest of your life. You know, like that movie Interstellar, where mm -hmm. once he left, he was never going to come back because yeah. it was going to take so long that Earth was going to have moved on. Yeah, I would be that one, sadly. I, yeah, I, it's it, it's it's a irrevocable choice, but I'm just too curious. I I'd have to know. Yeah, no, I, you're, I would you're... be the one to volunteer for. Uh, I would do it. You no, know, you've got to know your. Uh, send send me through <laughs> space time so that I don't age for hundreds of thousands of years, and you know, two hundred thousand years later when earth is long and gone and and i get to find out like oh there are alien species there are aliens yeah and, yeah I, I i have to know mm -hmm. your curiosity I is going to get the, the better of you i would make the regrettable choice i would yeah <laughs> All right, Charles. Well, uh, yes, we are at the end. Um, where would you like my listeners to connect with you? Uh, do you want to direct their attention to anything in particular? Yeah, uh, so I, I have a podcast uh, uh, that I just started with a, with a, with a high school friend of mine. Uh, it's called Easy Yoke, E-A-S-Y, and then Y-O-L-K. Talk about politics, religion. Um, I have a very small YouTube channel where I talk about like prepping survival uh knives things like that it's called hollywood tactical so like t-a-c-t-i-c-o-l-l uh and and yeah just contact me on hollywood tactical at gmail if you want a sweater so yeah that's about it okay um did you have an so email hollywood tactical at gmail 
Yeah, there, at gmail.com. There you go. Yeah, yeah, if you all have any questions for Charles, want to talk further with him about anything that we have talked about today, uh, you know, shoot him a little message. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I close these episodes out with a final note or words of wisdom from my guest. Do you have any you'd like to leave with us? I, yeah, I'll just I'll just say I think I said it at the beginning, you know, um, the world is a mysterious place. Um, uh, it's sad that our authorities and the, and the, the dominant institutions have chosen to leave it wide open for the rest of us, but I guess we're just going to have to fill in the blanks and, and be pioneers ourselves and, 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 and go ahead and, and look at the, the more mysterious and, 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 uh, unexplained elements of our life and our world around us. So, you know, let's journey forward. Well said, Charles Cha, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in today, and thank you so much to Charles for joining me on this conversation episode. If you enjoyed my guest and would like to learn more about him or check out his YouTube and podcast, just follow those links in the show notes. You can also follow this show at ParanormGirlPod on all socials. You can email the show at ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com, and please rate and review wherever you are listening. I thank you so much for your support. That is going to do it for this week. Tune in next Tuesday for another solo episode where I will be taking a look at UFO sightings and reports throughout history. Uh, There's a lot of interesting information coming up in that one. Until then, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.